0: Hello and welcome inside Sun Devil Stadium for a post-game edition of State of the Sun Devils alongside Jesse Morrison and Jake Anderson. I'm Jeremy Schnell. An unfortunate loss for ASU today. They fall to UCLA 50-36. to It was really all about the big play today, Jake, and especially on the ground. What do you think went wrong there for ASU today?
1: So as we heard from head coach Hanaguano, post-game, it was about run fits, which means run gap integrity. And they got gashed, right? Over 400 yards. That's the most yards they've allowed on the ground since U of A. Had that uh, big game of, I think it was 2016, I believe, when they only had eight passing attempts all game. Um, But like we talked about pregame, I don't think there really, really was an answer for stopping UCLA's quarterback. And we saw that there really wasn't. Whether it was man, whether it was Zone, he really took apart ASU and man as soon as, he could run. You have a lot of guys in secondaries, backs turned. Even with a spy, he was so good in short yardage situations. He's such an accurate quarterback, even though he did throw a pick on the first play of the game. It just it, it was just an absolute domination of the run game from the Bruins tonight and Chip Kelly's offense. I wanted to get to this
0: as well because, Jesse, you read this stat to me a few moments, moments ago before we started recording. First, The l- most amount of yards that UCLA has rushed for in 12 years?
2: Yeah, that was uh, courtesy of Brad Denny on Twitter. Um, and, yeah, uh, it, it was a, it's just another showing of ASU not being able to stop the run. It's kind of been their problem this year on defense. Um, we saw it against Eastern Michigan. We've seen it in, in other games as well. And tonight was probably the worst game of the season for ASU as far as stopping the run went, even the Eastern Michigan game. Because let's just talk about this for a little bit. The starting running back for UCLA – didn't play, if, if I'm correct there. Uh, they were using basically a wide receiver as their running back or a converted wide receiver who used to play running back. So, yeah, it, it was a really bad showing from ASU's run defense, which we, we've seen this year, and, and it came out again tonight.
0: Yeah, uh, Allen had 137 yards rushing. Robinson, Thompson Robinson had 120 yards rushing. And, of course, Jones had 98 yards rushing. It's almost three guys on UCLA ran for 100 yards you could round up with the 98 there Jesse I know we've been talking about numbers a lot lately here on the on the show right Jesse you like your numbers
2: (laughs) yeah numbers never lie
0: (laughs) (laughs) um let's get a little bit to the second quarter because that was kind of where the game was lost really because UCLA kind of gashed ASU Uh, we talked about the running game but it, it was just that was just the key to, to, to this game because ASU had, I think, three or four straight drives where the they drive ended in a punt, and UCLA capitalized on that.
2: Yeah, coming into this game, I said that ASU's offense needed to be their defense. There was no way that the Sun Devils were going to stop this UCLA offense as we saw today. And so when they were forced to punt three straight drives in a row, I was like, okay, there's really no chance for them to win. Obviously, they came back and made it a game. But th- I think that was really crucial in the game, in addition to not being able to stop the run. Th- that was just – you just can't do that. Like, it, it, that was that – was, there was no way that they were going to win the game if they kept stalling. And in the second half, they didn't. But, man, those three drives in the second quarter that they stalled, that, that was huge. And then also, I want to point out that when they got the ball – to start the game after that interception and they settled for a field goal. At that point, I was also like, oh man, you kind of got to have the touchdown there. So those four drives in the first half, just getting the field goal and then punting three times, that really uh, I think was a big thing in this game other than the, the running game for UCLA.
0: Yeah. I mean, ASU was down 18 at halftime and then this game finished ASU was down 14. So they did a little bit in that second quarter, I feel like it would have, it could have been a lot closer than it ended up being.
1: Yeah, the score at the end, I mean, ASU threw a pick uh, in their last drive. It could have ended up being a one-score game when you look at the whole grand scheme of things. But UCLA's offense, is, as Jesse just said, couldn't be stopped. They scored two touchdowns in every single quarter except the fourth quarter. So you got to give ASU some credit there. But, I mean, the, the game was more ASU trying to play catch-up at that point. But, yeah, that second quarter you – aren't able to do anything offensively, and and as a result, we saw the crowd kind of come out of it, right? The crowd started to leave. It was kind of, I mean, by the end of the game, it was empty, but for a game that ended up being a one-score game in the fourth quarter, like, you really wish you could have had a crowd still here. That way you could at least maybe, you know, have at least had a chance to uh, maybe force them to make a a mistake or get get that stop you finally needed that, you know, ASU's defense ultimately could never get when they needed it.
0: Before Jesse talks about the crowd, I want to say that the people that stayed today were incredible and very loud and helpful to the young athletes out on the field. And that support is something that ASU needs throughout this time where they're three and six, they may be down a little bit, they need your support. You saw it a little bit toward the end of the game when ASU. Uh, force UCLA to call a timeout when ASU was just driving down the field on them that made it a one-score game, and the players on the sideline were getting the crowd pumped up. Now imagine if this stadium were filled at that point. That could have been a big difference maker for the defense to help propel them to to get
2: the ball back and
0: only it being a one-score game in the fourth quarter.
2: I got a question for ASU fans here. Do they want to be a, a good program? Like, do, do do they do they want to be a powerhouse? Because they sure don't show it. Like this this was disgraceful. You're down 18 points. That that's it's 18 points. That that is that is surmountable. You can come back from 18 points down. When I got here tonight, I was like, man, what a crowd. Family weekend. It was it was hopping. And then they go down 18 points at halftime, and this place just empties and then they come back it would have been so much better if this place was full of fans, it would have aided the team more if all these fans complain about this team not being great but what do you think a recruit's going to think when they come and the fans leave, it's not hot it's not hot today, it was a nice day and yeah, what, what is a recruit going to think when you're down 18 points that's two touchdowns Two two-point conversions and a field goal, and you got the lead. What, what do you think that recruit's going to say? Oh, yeah, this is going to be a fun place to play. No, it's, it's not, because these fans are, are leaving way too early. We see it time and time again. And, and Jeremy mentioned it uh, uh, to me uh, earlier tonight that, yeah, people, like the students, they just want to come take a picture for Instagram and, and then leave. Well, if you, if you want to do that, just go outside the stadium, okay, take a picture, and then get your ass Back to the dorms. This was disgraceful. And I've seen it so many times. And what, what, do, what do you think that makes a player feel? What do you think that makes a recruit feel? It's unacceptable. It is unacceptable. These fans need to stay, stay at least until midway through the fourth quarter. If it is a blowout midway through the fourth quarter, then you leave. But not at halftime. Not at halftime.
1: And just to Jesse's point in terms of that Point differential, they ended up going down by 25 in the third quarter and then made it a six-point game. So there's the 19 points of a comeback that you were just alluding to. So ASU did make it a game. It was just they couldn't stop UCLA enough, and the offense couldn't stay with UCLA as, as much as UCLA was scoring. It was just going to be a shootout. We had a feeling it was going to be. It was even more of a shootout than we projected uh, earlier this week. Um but I think this was the result that we all kind of thought was going to end up happening. A shootout, but a loss nonetheless. Honestly, offensively, I don't think ASU could have asked for anything more other than just being good for all four quarters. They played three great quarters. Um, from what we've seen from this team, it, again, it, it's so hard to say it's a its a moral win because no one likes those. Everyone wants actual dubs. Um, You've got to feel confident about this team going for the next three games, though, right? Yeah.
2: Yeah, I do. And, you know, against Oregon State, I hope the fans stay and, and watch the game. Even if they're down a little bit, because, you know, I've seen ASU be down, like, ten, seven points. There's still a good amount of that student section that leaves. So, you know, again, unacceptable from them, uh, but i I just like to focus back to the team. I thought, from an offensive standpoint, it's a really good performance, you know? Uh, it would have been nice if there had been, you know, some fans in the stands to appreciate it. A um,
0: couple things. I, I think There needs to be something done about procedural penalties and also calling timeouts to avoid delay of games. That just cannot happen anymore. That could have been been the difference at the end of the game. They could have had three timeouts instead of two, and that would have been able to uh, afford ASU to take a timeout when they're driving down the field to make it a one-score game, again, with a minute and a half left. But no, they had to let the clock run down unfortunately with a minute and a half left i thought sean aguano should have used his time out there um with a minute and a half left because at that point you have to, you have two timeouts uh, you have you, you have to get the onside kick at that point you have to get the onside kick with a minute and a half left you let the clock run down i believe it got to about 50 seconds left you you probably should have taken it after they got the first down and then uh, ASU had to wait because they substituted and then UCLA substituted and the clock kept running and then it got to 30 seconds and then obviously the interception happened and it just ASU tried and it wasn't enough at the end. Um, yeah, but moving forward, second quarter not great and even in the first quarter, we talked about it before before the game we wanted ASU to be aggressive because it ended up being a shootout ASU c- couldn't score with UCLA today and they take the field goal on fourth and four in the first quarter after getting the interception. You have the momentum. I might have thought about going for it there, the, there, but they sent the field goal unit out right away. Possibly could have been a big opportunity missed for ASU right there.
2: Yeah, and, you know, again, i just like to say, the team that's supposed to, in a situation like this, be the one that's burning timeouts, is the road team, because you know the atmosphere can get involved in uh, you know making that happen if there was fifty thousand plus in the fourth quarter, then you know you might have seen some uh, you know some burn timeouts when they sh- when there shouldn 't have been from ucla so yeah i 'm not blaming the fans for this loss i don 't want to say that the team gave up too many rushing yards tonight. the second quarter was tough from you know having to punt and everything but again i would I would just like to point out that. You know, if you want this program to to do well, you got to help a little bit. I wanted to touch on uh, a big moment in this game,
0: Jake. Uh, The penalty at the end of the game, 15-yard penalty, where ASU could have made it, I think, third down and possibly get the ball back only down by six. Uh, I want to get your thoughts because we were at the press conference and Sean Aguano also touched on it.
1: Well, it – Unfortunately, has been a theme for ASU the last couple of seasons, the last few seasons, really. There's just always a a, a non—I can't get the phrasing right—but it's it's a non-football penalty, right? It has nothing. Oh, it has nothing to do with an actual play. It's not a hold. It's not a pass interference. It's an unsportsmanlike conduct, which I, it, it, at the end of the day, it's inexcusable because it hurts your team. And then it just seems like, of course, they happen at the most inopportune times when you really think you're about to get that next chance. And, you you know, we've said it a thousand times, you shoot yourself in the foot. But from an overall standpoint, like you said earlier today, the big plays. I just looked down for a second. Half of, excuse me, ASU only averaged about five yards a play, while UCLA almost averaged ten a play. Ten yards a play! That's a first down a play, and it obviously comes from the big plays in that really big 75-yard touchdown run. But it, it was just – that, I think, is also an example of right when you needed a stop, just a stop, maybe slow them down, the first play after you score, you allow a 75-yard touchdown. It was just – you couldn't get a complimentary game from both sides, right? You, you couldn't get everything going. And like you just said, the, the penalty is just an inopportune t- moment. Um, But it did get chippy because it did go back and forth. They did have a couple on UCLA as well.
0: I missed all of UCLA's big plays today because I was editing. Because it seemed like after every time ASU got a great score, a a big play, a pick, something like that, UCLA would come back and get a 30-yard gain or something like that. So that's something that they need to address on the defense. When your offense is going out there and giving your points – you, you gotta stay disciplined. You gotta be able to stop the run, especially against a team that is on their backup running back out there today. Um, well, let's move on, and I want to talk about Trenton Borgay because uh, in the first half I was not impressed, but in the second half, it, I think I think what happened was he started to get pressured today for like the very first time, like very like. Pressure where he's going down, taking sacks, where he's getting negative plays and stuff like that. I think that was getting to him, and he was trying to get the ball out quickly in the first half and just dinking and dunking a little bit. But in the second half, he was going. He, I think someone said something to him, and they're like, "Just calm down. Go out there. Go through your progressions. Do your thing." He was doing that. He was pushing the ball downfield. I thought he was fantastic in the second half today. Uh, other than that pick, obviously underthrown a little bit, he'll, he'll want to have that one back. But that's he's pressing with thirty seconds left doesn't matter at the end of the day because ASU probably was going to lose at that point. Anyway, what, what do you think about Trenton Borgate's performance, Jesse?
2: Yeah. I mean, I thought he was pretty solid tonight. I mean, it was his worst game of the three that, well, I guess he's played four, but of the three that he's seen substantial time in um, this season, but you know, at the end of the day, I still think he played solid and I think he played better than what are, what the other options are on this team. So I, I have no real complaints other than maybe the interception and a couple of those first half drives, but yeah, I mean the offense scored thirty six points tonight. That's that's about as much as you can ask from your quarterback and your team as a whole. So there's there's no need to have another quarterback controversy this year. Trent Borgay is the starter for the rest of the season, uh, barring injuries. So let's, let's hope that doesn't happen. Um, yeah, I mean, he, he was under a lot of pressure tonight, so they do need to protect him a little bit better. But, yeah, overall, good good performance from Trenton. Jake, your thoughts?
1: Yeah, he was 38 for 49, which, quick math, again, I'm a journalist. I think that's like 74, <laughs> 75%. Um. And he threw the one pick. It kind of seems like he always has one pick in the games that he's playing. Um, but like Jeremy said, it, it was a garbage time pick, if you can say that. Um, but he was good. I mean, he was exactly what you wanted. Is exactly what we've wanted from an Arizona State quarterback this season. Um, we saw Emory Jones warming up for a little bit. Um, Helmet was not never on. Backup quarterbacks always warm up on the sidelines. But it was during – I will say this. It was during the second quarter when there was a lull from ASU and then the first drive because they started the second half with the ball. That first drive in the third quarter was a three and out. And it was kind of like, okay, well, it's 30 – and then UCLA scores and it's 35-10. to So it's kind of like, what are we doing? But then they immediately picked up. They started scoring touchdowns. I think the biggest thing UCLA did, and if I'm a defensive coordinator, I do the same thing. I see, oh, I see Elijah Badger. I see what he's doing. I say, you're not going to beat me today. And that's what they did. They bracketed him. They did everything they could to make sure. I mean, he ended up having good numbers, so he still had an Elijah Badger day. He had a one-handed touchdown, which if you haven't seen it already, see Jeremy's angle that he recorded. Phenomenal catch. I'll,
0: I'll place it right here.
1: But <laughs> we didn't see a ton of the tight ends the way we did uh, last week against Colorado. We saw Messiah Swinson get involved. He that. Sonier's had a very good catch and run, too. Yeah, and we saw a great, phenomenal play call. I was sitting next to Jesse saying I love the play call out, as it was happening for that Messiah Swinson touchdown, which was basically just get everyone going one way on a rollout in the pocket, and Messiah went in the back corner
2: on the other side. And he had a two-point conversion taken away from him as well. I did want to say, you know, there's a 99.9% chance, probably even greater than that, that this wasn't the case, but maybe Sean Iguano had Emory warming up, so he was going to bring in Emery and Trent at the same time in the shotgun. <laughs>
0: I, I thought you're, I thought you were going down the road where you're gonna say he's trying to light a fire under Trenton, but I, you went you went the opposite way of that. Um, he, he's trying to get get both guys in there, make both guys happy. Um, I, you you've you've lost me now, Jesse. This is ridiculous. Um, I, also, the guys that may be uh, some guys that were under the weather today. We saw one of the players on defense that. Tried to give it a go and couldn't finish out the game.
1: Yeah, Omar Norman Lott. Nor-
0: yeah, Norman Lott couldn't finish out the game. Um,
1: the nest Jade Silvera left in, right before the first half ended as well. I can't say why, um, but it con- again, this is speculation, but it kind of seems like the – whatever bug is going around, ASU, Sean Aguano alluded to it, talked about it in the press conference. They were dealing with some issues. Omar Norman Lot didn't practice this week because of this illness. Um so, you just hope that that gets flushed away quickly because that is the last thing that this team needs on the defensive line especially.
0: Looking forward to next week going to Pullman. You never want to go to Pullman, especially in November. Um,
1: I spent a lot of time there in December and January.
0: It's it's cold, and it's it, it's cold here today. Just imagine what it's going to be like in Pullman next week. But I think this ASU team has what it takes to go into Pullman. They went into Colorado last week and played pretty well. So. Hopefully they can come out with the victory because they need to win three straight to get, become bowl eligible. Jake, weren't you born in Pullman?
1: I was born in Spokane, but my mom went to Wazoo and UW. So I lived my first six months of life on those two campuses. Do not remember them. So obviously it was a great time. They're like six hours
0: apart too. It's great. Fantastic. Um, There's a little Jake nugget for, for the end of the, the podcast. Uh, X Valade was fantastic today. 20 carries, 92 yards. But he also had 10 receptions for 89 yards, so almost 200 all-purpose yards for X Valade. He's just, like, every week it's, like, X Valade did incredible. And Elijah Badger did incredible. This team has weapons. This team has weapons. They need to continue to use them. If the defense figures it out in these last three games of the season, I don't see why they can't go 3-0 and against Wazoo, Oregon State, and then finally against U of A. Uh, Jesse, you got anything else for me? Stay for the entire freaking okay. game. All right. That's enough from Jesse. Thank you everyone for listening. Appreciate you sticking with us late here at Sun Devil Stadium. Listen to the whole podcast too. <laughs> <laughs> Sun Devils lose this one 50 to 36. They have to go to Pullman next week and start that three game win streak. Hopefully to become bowl eligible, Jake.
1: Uh, quick questions. I don't know how this works being from here. So like, it's 1:15 a.m. When does the time change officially happen? So are we technically still three hours behind for no. another like hour or so? No, it's Isn't already it happened. Isn't it like two or three a.m.?
2: Yeah, it's already happened.
1: It happens at midnight. Yeah. I don't know. I don't change. I it. think it happens at
2: 2 a.m., Jeremy. Maybe three. You I might, think it's two. You
0: know what? My grandmother probably texted me already to 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 change my clocks, even though I don't have to in Arizona.
2: Which which grandmother?
0: <laughs> Why does that matter? <laughs> I'm not I, I just want to know. <laughs> uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. You can follow us at AZ Sports Devils on Twitter. You can find Jake's article on Arizonasports.com and follow along through all the games for the rest of the season at AZ Sports on Twitter. I'll have highlights from the Oregon State game and the University of Arizona game. That's going to be fun. We'll have to see if both teams have a chance to become bowl eligible. Arizona also has to go undefeated for the rest of the season to become bowl eligible. So we'll see if it comes down to that final game. Make sure to tune in uh, midweek this week. We'll have a podcast uh, for both men's and women's basketballs uh, basketball teams previewing their season, and we'll preview the or- not the Oregon State game, the Washington State game as well. For Jake Anderson and Jesse Morrison, I'm Jeremy Schnell. We'll see you in the middle of the week.